Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hey. some trials and triumphs hey good oh good all right I'll go first because okay mine are both outside because I spent the weekend you know it's hot here now and people are going outside and so of course I'm back outside now and so I'm like oh my god it's a terror it's terrible out here so (laughs) um I spent my trial was yet again the ever never forgiving pollen that landed last month on everything yeah now needs to be taken off. You so. haven't done that yet, lady? No, not with the outside stuff. Are you, I have, okay, first off, I have a carport. So, like, it all settles in there. Like, oh. on anything in your carport. Uh-huh. So, like, even the stroller was, like, just dusty mm-hmm. that I was throwing my kid in. Uh, so, I, like, brought everything out in the sun and did a good, like, wash of everything. How did you wash your stroller? Hose? Uh, soap and hose and let oh. it sit in the sun and dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, praise to any child stuff that somebody has figured out how to take. You can take everything off, but this is not the case. Anyway, so pollen was my trial for sure, but I have survived the pollen. And (laughs) I wanted to say my triumph, guys, is our jasmine that we planted on our fence and that we built that we built a um, arbor. Arbor. You're acting out an arbor. Yeah, I am. <laughs> arbor. Thank you. Um, and the arbor we built that the jasmine's like fully covering now. The last two summers where it's it's really filled in, but it hasn't bloomed. And it's like smells so good and it's mm. blooming so hard is this year. Is it Confederate year. jasmine? Mm-hmm. Oh, so this is your just... third year of it? Mm. I I'll, believe I'll so. I want to ask about this if I may. Because I want to grow something on the side of my house over a window. And I was thinking about doing your Buff Beauty Roses. Mm-hmm. But maybe I should do jasmine. And do I have to erect a structure or can I somehow train it on my house? Is it bad to have it on my house? It depends on the thing. Not every um, plant has like stickers. Stickers. Suckers. Yeah, like whatever's going to make it stick. So like roses don't. You have to make up. Oh, I have to make a trellis or something. Yeah. What I mean, have- we just did ours out of fishing line. So it's not like it's anything uh-huh. serious. But what do you think? Well, the Confederate, I feel like, uh, is. Is also just kind of entwines itself. It doesn't have stickers either. Yeah, like English or like ivy. Ivy has that little like. There's that one you not good for your house, right? Right. Like creeping fig, better to do. Because I guess you really would something. You need something small because it doesn't. I mean, it it climbs and fills. Like we put it on our mailbox, which it was just a 1950s like metal rods Mm -hmm. in the tin box on top, and now you can't even see it. It's just a big pretty ball of jasmine. Well, if you maintain it, <laughs> David loves a David loves a wild landscape, and sometimes I'm like, yeah, a we're too wild. wild. <laughs> the neighbors so are starting to question if people live jasmine? here. I love. A, I mean, I like wildness. Do you want it more? I do because I think it just depends on what you want. Because yeah. like the rose is going to be a little more open mm-hmm. and romantic, where I think the jasmine's going to give you more of like, like a, a bush. Yeah, jasmine. And then usually you can gets cut it dense. way back, but it, it can get very bushy too. Right. So this is where is this? Um, on the side of my house. But 
Like the driveway side or the windows? Yes, yes. So it's um, on my neighbor's side, so not my driveway side. And there's a large kind of double window there. Um, it's a sunroom. And okay. I thought that would be pretty to have some. Well, I used to have a rose there. And I think I've complained about it before. And I chopped it down. <laughs> I hated this rose. Um, it wasn't pretty. And it was real thorny. And it didn't. It just wasn't an attractive rose. Yeah. And I would cut it back. And it just it was not good. So I ripped it out. Okay, here's a trial that I was going to talk about. So in my backyard, you know, I'm under construction in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, I had two, I planted two climbing roses on the back fence, and my fence is being replaced. So they pulled them out, and instead of, like, sticking them in a pot for me to move around, they just pulled them out and, like, dripped them, draped them over the fence, root and all. So they died. (laughs) I had been growing them for three years back there. I was so angry. I was so angry. So anyway, so that was sort of trialy. But um, so I, I was so going to transplant were you gonna those the, oh, and okay. put those mm. on the side of the house. But no, nope, that's not. You're starting over. <laughs> so now I'm thinking Buff Beauty. <laughs> Buff Beauty does have thorns. But just saying. Okay. My friend I mean, just did Confederate Jasmine across. Like she did it along her with with fishing wire. Actually, I think mm-hmm. to your point over her garage because it does face the um, road mm-hmm. and it's so pretty now. Again, it takes a minute to take off, and then when it does, looks so good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm torn. I'll consider. Okay. Well, back to my back to your rose option. Mm. I mean, Buff Beauty is the best. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm probably gonna plant some more <laughs> in our new the house. Best. But. Um, that website that I sent you, antiquerosemporium.com. Um, <laughs> Who is not a sponsor of the show. No, but I've talked about them a, a million times. It's a big anyways, sponsor of Caroline's if you life. Go, <laughs> if you go in, if you go there, then you can like narrow by type. If you want thornless roses, because oh, okay. those exist, you can get, you can like find the thornless ones that are also climbers. Okay. And that are also oh, repeat bloomers. So, okay, so you know like, what I mean? You can, okay, an ignorant person like me can figure it out. Yes. Perfect. Exactly. Perfect. All right, I'll do that on my lunch hour. Okay. I feel um, like I interrupted someone's trial and triumph. That was no, I was turn. done with mine. So you go with yours. You did your trial. Now what's your triumph? <sighs> well, okay, so I guess I want to continue my yard saga um, as an update. So um, we did put, I- I'm really happy, we put um, turf, faux grass around three sides of our pool. Which I love. I love it. Mm-hmm. No maintenance. Uh, yeah. And you Always guys, it's green. great. Like I had my friends over the other day who have a little baby and a two-year-old or three-year-old. And you could just you just sit on it like a blanket almost as opposed yeah. to like sitting in grass and there's dirt and there's bugs mm, so and stuff. Nice. It gets awesome. itchy. Why does grass itchy? It's Do you have to nice. vacuum it? You blow it. You it, blow it? Well, it has sand down in it. So if you vacuum it, I think you'd, you'd vacuum all the sand up. Okay. I was so just there's thinking like drainage kid, underneath. food. And it's not just sit on, right on well, the Well, you can hose it. And, okay. Um, okay. I, I guess if you did like a light vacuum, like because you're blower, you can put on reverse usually and suck mm-hmm. up leaves. So you could do that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. Um, but it is awesome. There's some Yay. pictures of Confederate. I like Googled oh, Confederate of, on houses. Oh, that is really pretty. It smells it. so freaking It does good smell good. Too. Well, we were just out in LA do, and um, it was all over LA. It was so good. If you like... Well, of course, Confederate jasmine is white, but you can also do Carolina jessamine, which is almost exactly the same, but yellow. Do you just know all of this because of your husband? Pretty much. Okay. We walk around and he points things out. And if it's a plant I like, I ask him what it's called. Yeah, they're really cute. If I don't like it, then I don't. Um, you don't know. Retain. I don't. Yeah, I don't retain. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you could always do that. Yeah, it's yellow. 
you like I don't white like or yellow. yellow. Okay, then do white. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I had some yellow ones in my backyard. I hated them. I ripped them down. Well, because I told the man who's planting all my stuff, I only want green and white. What? Wait, when I went uh, out what of town. I don't know. Some climbing vine with yellow flowers. Oh, okay. I get home and it's yellow. I'm like, really? I said green and white. <laughs> yellow. Anyway, that went with the new backyard renovation. That got ripped up. So. One with the roses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, you can pick non-yellow roses okay. for your. I'm excited. Your sunroom. Um. Okay. So my trial is that we close on both of our houses on May 31st, which is great. Except that we're doing like two to three weeks worth of work on our new house. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna be homeless for a month. What are you gonna Yay. do? <laughs> so you're living here. Are you renting back your house or something? We talked about it, but I think we're just gonna rent. Uh, or I'm sorry, move in with Will's dad and stepmom for a month. Oh no. Oof. Well, <laughs> they're gonna be out of town for two of those weeks. So it'll be like the first week they'll be there, and then the last week. What do you do with all your stuff? We got a pod, so we're packing the pod up. They're going to store the pod for a month and then deliver the pod to the new place. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I do not envy you. Uh, moving no. is yeah. the worst. Moving is the worst, but it does help you kind of clean out. Which yes, I, except I have not nice. started at all. Oh, so, and it's, you have like two weeks. Yeah, girl, you better get on it. Uh, well, so the good news is that we already packed up like half our house to stage it. Right. So I cleaned out most of the. You know, you know, non necessities, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my okay. gosh, Caroline! I'm really nervous, but anyways, um, okay. And then my triumph. Okay, well, I have been following this artist out of Gainesville, Georgia, for like many, many, many years, and I'm going to put a link to her house was in um, Atlanta Magazine Home recently. Her name's Angela. And I, hold on, it's like Blen. I don't you know how blank. to say. Well, I don't know how to say how the you, It's like you? B. Oh, hold on. It's like B L E H M. Blem. I would go Blem. Blem. I go Blem. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does this like awesome pop art, and I ordered this crazy ribbon print here. Like this is this is this. I want to see oh it. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's like a three dimensional ribbon. Yeah, it looks so like a giant. Black it looks like a giant black and white striped ribbon. Yeah, it looks like it's like four feet by three feet. Yeah, it's big. But okay, first off, our house is 1956, so we felt like I gotta have some pop art, right? Of course, <laughs> duh. <I> mean, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I like that it's not square. I've uh-huh. been really mm-hmm. into art that is not square recently. Uh-huh. So round sculptural things because I feel like a lot of times especially gallery walls they just it's like square 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 there's a square tie table mm-hmm. your sofa's square like everything's square the room is square it's boring windows and so having something that's non you know non-square has, yeah non-square <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call it technically yeah. <laughs> technically it's non-square that's a technical term um no but just like having funkier shapes and like round stuff like i think you at one point were talking about art that's round mm-hmm. i can't remember when this was yeah but... my gallery in my bedroom i have this round piece yes. of art and it sounds super weird but it isn't it's cool yeah anyway so i saw these and um i've been bothering will about them for probably a year like i just think it's really cool and he's like um yeah. he he has very strong opinions about art he a lot of times will let me do anything i want for 
the other spaces of the house. But when it comes to art, he is, you know, very particular. And he's and, an artist, too. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I finally so talked him into down. It. Of course, it's still in bubble wrap in our house because I'm not going to hang it up till we move. But How um, did you discover this artist? You know... Probably Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's been several years, though. I can't remember exactly. Um, actually, she used to have a blog, which – and I can't even remember the name, but it was, like, a long, long time ago. And she had a ranch house, and she did just, like, some really cool stuff to the ranch house. Um, Say her name again. I'm looking Angela Blem. B-L-E-H-M. Okay. And um, she right now is doing some really cool, like, um, kind of, like, lips – there and she's been doing like this sounds so unlike you i always think of you as super conservative i don't think i'm very conservative and we're doing some really fun stuff in the new house we're definitely going a lot more funky in the new house which All i'm right. excited about um i already told y'all some of my plans we're painting our um kitchen dark green we are wallpapering our bedroom dark blue grass cloth i'm gonna paint my ceiling um like a gray lacquer cool this is gonna i be have good. some like really funky light fixtures that i'm gonna put up i like it i'm excited i'm but pretty i'm excited just because your style i would say is has been so traditional in the home you're in that i'm excited to see like what you do to elevate this one yeah well because and taryn i feel like we were talking about this i can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast i know we were talking about it in real life but um both of our houses were 1956, but yours is like a very traditional ranch. Like if you think of what a ranch mm -hmm. looks like, that's your house. Yeah. Ours is technically a ranch, but it does not look at all like a traditional ranch. It's – even though technically I guess it is kind of. Anyway, so it's just – it's a really weird house. So I think anything too traditional looks very strange. This is another pet peeve of mine. <laughs> okay, because the house is very non-traditional, it's like an L shape and the front door you can't see from the street and – just is really weird. Um, but the people before us, while making very tasteful decisions, <laughs> went super traditional. And uh -huh. they put, like, all farmhouse. So it doesn't feel cohesive. It's weird. Right? Uh -huh. And it's, it's like, barn pulls. And I just – I mean, it, there was nothing wrong with it. I just didn't feel like it – well, it's like it if you want a farmhouse, go buy a farmhouse. Yeah, it just it felt weird. <laughs> anyway, so we're ripping – we're not ripping out, but we're um, – I'm going to change all the hardware on the cabinets, paint them dark, and then I'm going to pull out the top ones and do shelves. And, like, they had just, you know, pretty um, traditional light fixtures, so I'm doing some really, like, funky round shapes. And um, it's a very boxy house, so, again, I'm doing, like, a lot of round stuff. There, That's all right. Anyways, though. girl, you've got a lot. You're going to have so many trials and trials with this new oh house. Oh my I gosh. Wait. Mine's going to be more it's pollen an stories. And yours are going to be like, you just big power things. wash your yard and be done. I want to hear a new topic next time, okay? Oh no pollen. I'm sorry, guys. I'll just keep talking about my yard if you keep talking about pollen. <laughs> okay, let's get to our guests. We have Brooke and Steve Giannetti. Oh, Giannetti fun. I like them. They're so They're wonderful. Cute. So. so excited to have authors design duo steve is an architect brooke is a interior designer and they are the talent behind gianetti home and let's see i know you've probably all read their brooke's blog velvet and linen they have a book patina style 
Another one, Patina Farm. And then their latest is Patina Living. They're here in Atlanta at Design ADAC. They were doing a book signing and a talk, and we caught up with them. We're here in the Suzanne Kassler offices, and we're thrilled to talk to you all today. Welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. It's an honor. Yeah, it's great to be here. It's Your work has been featured, I mean, in the New York Times, Architectural Digest, Veranda, Lux Magazine, Country Living, Coastal Living. I know all of our listeners' favorite magazines. And I I feel like most people probably know you through your blog, Velvet and Linen, as I mentioned. It has a bit of a cult following, wouldn't you say? You know, it, it became much more than I ever imagined it would be what started out as uh, just kind of me in my living room typing away, thinking that nobody was listening to, and that ending up being something that really connected me to a lot of like-minded people. I think it was it's it was definitely a surprise. When you say like-minded, what do you mean? Like wh- what's in your mind that people are connecting to? I think it's a, it's a way of people thinking that there is beauty that can be seen in things that grow more beautiful with age and that th- uh, interiors can be relaxed and yet still beautiful, that the dings and dents and things that happen as we use the objects in our house are not to be seen as flaws, but that it's just prettier that way. Right. It just is a great way to live with your family and not to worry so much. Mm-hmm. We always had this idea that objects, like there's something that you feel different when you look at an antique. Well, what's happening is, is the patina of it is the stories that are happening to it over time. So these objects carry with them stories from the past. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're really looking for when you're... Um, that, that's that's the feeling that you're looking for. That would make you what what makes you connect with something mm-hmm. is that, and then and then as you own it over over the years or over a generation, and actually that story kind of carries with it. So uh, an edge of a table getting chipped by your son when he's little, that brings back that memory. So that piece is actually holding that memory for you, and that's that was really kind of some of the impetus behind that first book, Patina Style was that sort of idea and then how how things like that just uh, can really make your life better and, and make you not have to worry so much about everything being so perfect. Right. Yeah. Coasters and the dining room table yeah, being the, the plastic perfectly. covers over your sofa. Yes, Of an era gone by. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I remember I, one time when I moved, I the mover scratched the table and it wasn't, a, you know, that great of a table, but I was mad. I was irritated. And my girlfriend, Jeannie, she said, Karen, you're always just going to remember this move to this great house because of that scratch on that table. And not that it made it more beautiful, but it was true. And every time I looked, I was like, oh, now I'm here. And you know, it is. It's like really cherishing the history around yeah, us. Yeah, that's that's sort of the idea. Because that's really what everything is about, all these objects that we have and all these places that we make are about connecting to people and things emotionally and making something better because of it. Well, I loved how your first book, Patina Style, it really does articulate y'all's vision and how you sort of came to that, I guess, philosophy. Mm-hmm. And and then in Patina Farm, you sort of manifested that style in your own little oasis in Ojai, California. I, I think, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the photos on Pinterest or in one of your books, or um, it's been featured in lots of different magazines because it is absolutely spectacular um steve you designed it um well i guess y'all designed it together but but maybe you could um you know for for anyone that hasn't uh seen it or read your book maybe you could kind of talk a little bit about it because then your your third one patina living 
it sort of expands on that and how you live in a space and your animals and and sort of I guess it's sort of the part three, you know, <laughs> yeah. of, um, of yeah. your trilogy as you mentioned right. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the Patina Farm book was really about how we began to think about the whole process of of how to dream your design property. You first we imagined the life that we wanted to live, and then you kind of design the property to support how you imagine living there. So I think that was the first book really was was about that and and implementing the um, ideas that we uh, the design philosophy in patina style, whether it's the using of antique materials, like we used um, a lot of antique building materials that brought their own history to the house, the combination of the old and the new, the 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 modern and the rustic, uh, the high and the low, um, we're all in that in that. And all also this idea of indoor outdoor and creating spaces that flowed from one to another the kind of calm palette and the kind of emotional intent that we were uh, going for from the minute you walk onto our property from um, the front garden and the selection of plant material and the palette of plants and the limited palette of plants because we did want to create this calm environment so it kind of went through that whole process from beginning to end. Also, we were trying to figure out what would feel right and look right in Ojai. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what looks right in Ojai doesn't necessarily look right in Santa Monica, doesn't necessarily look right in Tennessee or other places where we've done stuff. So we looked at the history of the area. We looked at the old Spanish buildings from the 20s. We looked at the stone buildings. We looked at agricultural buildings and then combined them all, sort of knitted them all together, kind of with some parts that felt very old, some parts that felt like they were built in the 20s, and then some parts that were completely modern, uh, like industrial sash windows and sheets of glass, so that we're actually drawing from history uh, all along the whole process and making something that feel like that felt like it grew over time. Yes. Because to us, yeah. the, the best houses have this, um, have this history where they've grown over time and have very, very quirky elements in them. There's a, a little stairway that goes to a bell tower. Mm-hmm. And we have a front door. With all the books? Yeah, with all the books. Mm-hmm. The, a little mm-hmm. Hogwarts stair <laughs> that's too steep and too skinny and in a funny spot. And all the rest, it's just completely wrong. How did you get around permitting? That I, uh, <laughs> the, the, the plan checker, the guy at the site, just thought it was cool and liked it. Oh, but I had a plan. You I was just going to put a door, put a door on door. it. There's no an, stairs. Yeah, I was going to put a door on it and call it an attic stair. But Perfect. you know, sometimes you get to, you get guys to kind of come along for the ride. So mm-hmm. that was fun. And, and you the know, power of the donut. Bribery donuts. I was impressed with speaking to that, how you melded all those materials and textures together, though, speaking of through the ages. You know, you had the metal doors with the glass casings, but then you had wooden, but everything again, just, and you had the hatch roof on part of it or on the outside. Yes, there's a metal roof on part and there's an old French roof on other parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a lesson we learned from going to Belgium and visiting the Belgian stuff and the way they they do that very intentionally where they take and they actually start with old houses and then add on to them but even the new houses have this this technique of of putting all these different pieces together and um, what happens is we do a lot of houses or I design a lot of houses that are very big and uh, one of the problems is if they if they just kind of ramble along they they tend to feel kind of soulless and too big so making something kind of broken up into parts 
where it feels like that's one thing and that's another thing allows it allows you to connect to it uh, emotionally easier. Like, oh, that's the carriage house. That's the little barn. You know, it yeah. makes it, um, you know, it's just more charming. I think it's the human scale of it too. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to trying to make uh, always connect to something that you could touch, and because we were building with old building materials, there were all these things that were unique about them. Like the doors were seven foot three, which isn't a normal door. It's not six eight, which is too short. It's not eight feet, which is too big. It's sort of just right. And there were all these things it's that you mama found. Bear. <laughs> yeah, it's all these things that you found from working with these old materials that it, once you tried to sort of work them in, they it house had a better feeling. Those doors, did you have them made or did you find them? We found them all in Belgium. Okay. So we went shopping and started buying everything. We just bought stuff. I have a couple practical questions <laughs> I have to ask. Let's <laughs> <laughs> tell Terry in the car. There are <laughs> things practical. I need to ask. One, how long did this take? How, how long, long did it take for you guys to plan all this? Because every detail seems to be really thought out. Uh, what did it take? It didn't take as long as you you think. Um, I think we start to finish it. So we built the house in a year. And then one year from grading, starting to grade the lot till moving in. And then before that, it was probably another year of design and collection of materials. So it it wasn't it wasn't all that. It wasn't like we were collecting for a decade. That was my question. Where'd you keep all this stuff? No, (laughs) no. Yeah, we didn't really. um, There wasn't really that long of a uh, of a time span between buying the pieces and having them shipped here and all that. So you made a plan and then you kind of went shopping around the world. Not really. Um, I, I wish it was that well planned out. Um, it was more like we shopped and then we did a design and then we shopped a little bit more and and uh, and we changed the design. And we uh-huh. changed. The design. So we sort of do both. That's why it took a little longer than usual because we bought like there's a stone archway that I thought was going to go in the garden and we got there and we ended up putting it inside the house. Uh-huh. There were quatrefoils that were just too cool to not have. So right. we just bought them. And then we figured so you out adapted where they were the plan go. for some really cool finds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you buy, you know, 50 pairs of doors and you try to figure out where you're going to put them and they don't have hinges, they don't have anything. How are you going to put them together? How are you going to make it all work? You have to so, have a really uh, patient architect if you're going to <laughs> use uh, old doors. You know, even for um, the jobs we do for other people, I mean, I, we don't usually do all old doors inside. It's it's a lot. It's very intense um, because all of them are, you know, none of them are exactly the same. Right. right? Each one's a project. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to get back to the inside-outside bit a little bit. Um, because you found this piece of property and you sort of built the house for that particular piece of property. And right. site planning isn't really something we've ever really talked about on the podcast. So maybe you could give us a little lesson in, you know, why and how. Yeah, so the that. house had two levels. The lot had two levels. There's an upper level near the street and then a lower level in the field. That's where the animals are now. But we weren't even sure where we were going to put the house in the beginning, whether because the lower level has some great views, but the upper level, we could see the lower level. So we could basically control our own view. We could build our own vista, which is what we ended up doing. And there were also a couple of oak trees. And in California, you're not allowed to build under the drip line of the oak trees. So once I drew the setback from the street, the drip line of the oak trees, there was a sort of a long skinny spot where the house could go. And then you were saying, okay, where do I want to come in? How do I want to flow? How does it work? And it, it ended up being, uh, I, I wanted to sort of see this certain part of the tree when you walked in the front door and kind of come in under the branches. So there were there were a few big moves that started to uh, 
you were you were basically connecting this this paths from inside the house to sort of vistas of trees and vistas uh-huh. outside of the house. So it was really your thinking inside and outside the whole time. And he's a, a little bit of rewriting uh, <laughs> because because right now we can say we wanted to be underneath a certain part of the tree. When we when he first designed it. The tree was a little bit more to the left. I had to scoot to the house. Anyway. But we had to scoot the house. We, we had a, I mean, not not. It wasn't built. We didn't scoot the whole thing. <laughs> we just over. laid it out on the but, ground. But when we laid it out, we realized, oh, we need to. We need to kind of. It wouldn't it be prettier if it was a little bit over here. But you have these dreams of how it's going to lay out, and we always do this trick where um, once you sort of have the design done in the very early way, you lay it out on the ground. You imagine where the doors are going to be, how big the openings are going to be, and what you're going to see when you're looking through those windows, and how the inside's going to connect to the outside, right, right from the beginning. So, and it's it's a really important way to do it because you have to sort of imagine the end right in the very beginning mm-hmm. to know how tall that window is going to be and how much of the tree you're going to see and how much of the mountain you're going to see. And that's one of the things that really connects to people in the house is that these vistas are, you know, everything is very intentional the way we did it. And Steve is really, really good about light. So the way he positions it, you know, so that uh, a lot of the um, most important um, windows are south facing. So you get all this beautiful light coming in. He's he's really great at that. Doesn't leave a lot of um, wall for art, um, <laughs> but the windows, um, I mean, the light in the house is spectacular. People comment on that a lot too. There's a trick when you're doing site planning or laying out a house, if you can have windows on two or three sides of every room because you get light, the, the, the light's balanced in the room. And it just is a much better room. If you ever walk into a room and there's only windows on one side, you know it's always kind of rough because it's very glary. So as soon as you do two sides, it's better. Three sides, it's a lot better. Um, so we have that almost on all mm. the rooms in the house. And old houses used to have it because they, you know, before electric light, before air conditioning, right. you needed to have cross ventilation. Yeah. So if you look at old houses, they do that very naturally, but new houses hardly ever do that. You know, have the big hall. Is that something they talk about when you're in school? They because why are people building such messes? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They they don't. How long do we have? Right. (laughs) There's a there's a whole world of history out there that isn't that hard to find. It isn't hard to figure out. The best book ever is called A Pattern Language by Christopher Alexander from written in the '60s, I think. And he talks about these kinds of things, light on two sides of every room, window seats, windows going low to the ground. Anybody's ever building a house, that's the book to get. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of the Bible. I probably learned more from that book than I learned from most other most of architecture school. Wow. And still thumb through it kind of doing things because it's, uh, it's the connection between architecture and emotion that he talks about in that book. And that's really where, like I said, where you end up is what that emotional connection to place right. is. So when you're designing, that's where you need to start. All right. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes because it yeah. sounds like everyone needs to get that book. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is, well, you obviously have a love of plants mm-hmm. and roses. Um, Caroline the, has a rose addiction. <laughs> not oh, as does. much as yours, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> but um, talk to us about how you chose the plants. Obviously, I'm sure you had a, a list or, you know, certain things that you've always loved that you wanted to incorporate. But how did you go about planning the outdoor spaces since those were as important to you as the indoor ones? Um, part of the trick with landscape is you've got to think kind of massing 
a lot of times people start planting little plants and you want to think in big masses and you want to keep the palette very, very simple like Brooke was talking about in the beginning. So we have, you know, variation, maybe 10 or 15 plants. I mean, maybe 50 kinds of roses on the property, but- <laughs> We'll just call that one. Yeah, yeah, a very small kind of palette of plants and just sort of done in different ways. So you can really get a, a lot of mileage out of it. I mean, around here in Atlanta, you see the boxwood gardens and everything, and it just looks beautiful. But when you're mm -hmm. when you're at a plant store and you're picking plants, there's just too many. So, so just, stick like to just like ten, ten or so. Yeah. Try to try to keep it minimal. Yeah, and and pick what what does well in your, your you know your zone. And what I also did was I I selected where there is color. The color is our plants that look beautiful inside the house as well. I really wanted um, uh, the colors I use inside the house are very muted. So a lot of the color comes from what I bring inside um, with the natural plantings. So all the roses um, I selected all the Eden roses that I wanted in the colors um, that I love, and the same with the lavender it looks beautiful in my house you know it's it's all of those things as well that's smart i hadn't thought about that i love the way you've you've well i think to most people they would call it it looks overgrown whereas it really is perfect but um it creates this mystery to the house which i think is so charming and is that is that just sort of a look that you've always loved is that intentional um part of yeah it's it's pretty intentional to do that um and part of it's just the way gardens take over. Mm. Um, you know, you can design and spend all this time designing this beautiful architectural facade and five years in, you can't even see it. <laughs> so it's really more important to kind of be, you know, understand what the gardens are all about. The, uh, the idea of it kind of, uh, the gardens we love are the old Italian gardens where they sort of started off formal and then went crazy mm -hmm. or the French gardens that English. have, or the mm. English gardens that have some formality but some wildness. It's right. important to have that balance. Um, I, I, we have um, like we have these things called little ollies, which are basically um, olives in um, in bush form, um, and we clip them to be round, just like the boxwood we clip to be round. But the roses are combined with them, and so the roses go crazy. But you have the more for formality um, of structure. The, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's it's the balance. It's not it's not all chaos, right? But also the, there's an area behind the house where we have a bunch of boxwoods and we use the boxwoods to create outdoor rooms. Mm. We call it the cloud garden because the boxwoods just sort of turn into clouds. They just kind of look like puffy clouds that connect together. But one creates a sitting area, one creates a dining area, one creates a little oval lawn. And, and really thinking about the spaces that you're making with the plants, uh, the, the space between the plants is as or more important than the plants themselves. And a lot of times people miss out on some of that. The space between the plants. What do you mean? What, yeah. yeah, what do you mean by Well, that? if I'm making a room, right, oh. I'm surrounding it by plants. Uh -huh. And I'm thinking rather than the space between individual plants, you don't want to think about plants like individual bushes. You want mm -hmm. to think about them like groups of things, bigger things. Like if I, yeah. like we, we put trees in the lower garden area. You know, there was a field and we covered it with trees. But you never put like one tree here and then right next to it another kind of tree. Trees grow sort of randomly like the seeds drop and then there's another tree and the seeds drop and there's another tree. Like how, like if you look at a natural field, they're sort of done like that. And so there's a way of thinking about trees and clusters and plants and clusters and bigger groupings of things that make it more, um, it, it makes it more beautiful and look more natural. Right. 
And so if you if you go, you know, plant another plant, another plant, you know, you see, you see those gardens when you're walking around the neighborhood where somebody puts, you know, five different plants in a row. Yeah. It just looks like a mess. Right. So <laughs> you, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I have a friend who calls that Noah's Ark, where they have two of everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But that's it. Oh, I like that one. Oh, I like that one. You know, stop, stop already and you, just pick a few. Yeah. yeah. You want it to look more like uh, Mother Nature did it than, mm. you know, you going to Home Depot and pick, packing one of the, picking up one of those pony packs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get sucked in. Right. I do. I'm a problem. You're, you're the pony packer? I am. No, I'm not. I just have a really hard time figuring out what's going to be lovely together in the yard. I need, you know, yeah. I need to I need to do what I do when, when I'm thinking about rooms. And I study the photos and I, I try to yeah. pick apart, you know, why Reverse does that work? And I mm-hmm. should do that more with exteriors, too, because it, I haven't taken the care to yeah, do that. Yeah, it's really the same. It's the same story. If you find... Uh, find stuff you like, just really reverse engineer it and figure out what it, what about it really works. Because a lot of times uh, what you think is going to work is not what you like. You know, this goes together and that goes with that and that goes with that. Well, that isn't what you want. You want stuff that's a little bit mixed up. Mm-hmm. Part of it is um, Brooke's not a trained decorator. She has no formal training. And so everything. Just play one on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Everything comes from the heart. Everything comes from her gut. And she often wanted to go take classes and learn how to actually do it. And I told her, please don't do that. Right. It'll just ruin you. You need to. Yeah, you're doing okay. okay. (laughs) The insecurity helps, you know, keeps me striving for for better and better. For more. Well, when did you start really figuring? When did you figure out you had such a passion for interiors? Well, um, I, I always, I always uh, did our own homes. I always decorated our own homes and um, would help friends decorate their homes. Um, but it wasn't until my daughter, who's now 18, she's our youngest child, uh, went, uh, uh, went into kindergarten that um, freed me up to uh, really help Steve. And he kind of lured me in um, with this, <laughs> uh, with this one client he had who just needed help with her son's rooms. Um, so I said, okay, I'll, I'll help her with her, her son's room. And next thing I knew, you know, we really hit it off and we, I helped her decorate the whole house. And that, that was where it started. And, and then, um, he, he wouldn't let me stop. So, uh, <laughs> was, so you guys work together a lot outside of your home. We do, we do. Although he does work with other, uh, decorators. He does collaborate with other decorators. I, I don't work with other, um, um, architects. You so know, you're I, loyal and he is not. Really, <laughs> this is what it sounds like. Exactly. Aaron likes to. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, no, it, it doesn't work for me. I, I, I tried it once, um, but um, I, I like things a certain way. I, I think after we've been married now for um, almost 32 years and after um, after so long, there's a certain way that I've gotten used to you know, windows being proportioned a certain way and all of that. And so if an architect um, doesn't do things that way, it, it can it can lead to um a difficult situation so yeah so so it, it doesn't really work out is there anything that you wish you'd done differently at patina farm at patina oh. farm bought, human life, bought more yeah, land for more animals no. um something differently um it's it's pretty good. I mean, there'd be little floor plan things that we'd probably do, mm-hmm. the kitchen bigger, you know, move things around. But it was sort of given everything that we had at the time, all the information we had at the time. 
we hit a lot of stuff right. We did a lot. A lot of it really worked out, you know, really good, especially as much as life changes yeah. over the years. You know, to go from having two kids at home to having no kids at home to having no animals to having, you know, 30 animals. Or <laughs> What's the latest count? Something. Oh, well, if you count all the chickens, it's like over 40. Oh, but, oh um, my gosh. <laughs> but I, I think that is the nice thing about the design is that any tweaks that we've wanted to make have been pretty easy to kind of redo like even even like what what now is our goat barn started out as our our chicken coop uh but has now worked out really well as as the goat and sheep barn and and actually a few chickens still think it's their home so they stay up there as well but um and then we just built um another chicken coop down below so uh, i think it's been pretty easy to to change things yeah that's what's fun is you're you know you're actually putting the history in into the house. You're rebuilding it over time, mm-hmm. which yeah. is sort and of the idea. Do, do you know what was really um, reassuring is I remember reading um, that Thomas Jefferson actually almost tore down Monticello um, to uh, rebuild it. Rebuild it. And so I said, you know, hell, if even if <laughs> right. he had to do it, if I have to make a few tweaks to uh, Fatina Farm, not so bad. That's not yeah. bad. <laughs> How do you keep the goats from eating all of your pretty plants? You keep them in the areas that you, you designate areas for them mm-hmm. and you designate pretty rose garden for yourself <laughs> because people, and I say this in the book, um, there's a, um, a fallacy that, um, that goats will eat anything. And that is not true. They'll just eat what you don't, what you don't want them to eat. Right. If you drop a bunch <laughs> of stuff on the ground for them, a bunch of, you know, plants that you want them to eat, if they're on the ground, they will not eat it. They, they're very smart. You know, they think it's gone <laughs> bad or something but if there's a great rose bush within their uh within their taking you can bet they will eat it down it, <laughs> Do it thorns and all. all thorns and oh all unbelievable gosh. it's it's so impressive but so yeah you really just have to cordon you do you yeah, we, do we build up a, a, a series of sort of three foot fences that go around in different places that are actually quite hard to see because it's just really simple three foot metal fences like mesh that go around and then there's places where goats can get but donkeys can get and sheep uh, or, uh, chickens. or uh, chickens can get but goats can't get with a series of smaller doors mm-hmm. and that's the trick is you have to know okay who wants to be where and then make doors certain sizes so only certain animals can get to certain places it's kind of like those uh little dolls you know with the other dolls inside trying to do and then certain areas we only let them in at certain times because you open up a little grassy field and everybody runs in there and is munching for all day long so it's pretty Y'all, cute. your next project needs to be a b&b so we yeah. can all no, come stay we'd love to do that we, we, we would actually we actually <laughs> would love to do that we we are building a kind of a um a barn or um slash uh uh, what kind of an art it? barn. Yes, which will um, house a bunch of our Swedish antiques and things like that, that we hope people will come visit, you know, and um, come visit the uh, farm and kind of experience what it's like. Pet, pet, all they have to do is uh, pet a goat. Okay, here's my next question. If you're, it, Patina Farm seems like it's, you've, you've gotten it to a place where you're obviously very happy with it, but what are you going to do next? I mean, take a like, nap. Pat, yeah, are, are you going to move? Like you've you spent so much time on move. this space, but we thought about moving. Actually, we bought um, forty acres um, outside of Nashville um, and uh, thought about it. Uh, but then, you know, 
then we kind of came to our senses as much as we love that area that I don't think we'd ever be able to leave Patina Farm. Um, I think that was the reason for this barn and we're going to be building a pool behind it and, and create some different. Okay. And, and the other nice thing that happens also with gardens is that gardens are always um, a, a work in progress. I mean, uh, we actually just added more different um, roses uh, to um, this area. Actually, some of our vegetable garden has now become even more roses because I just love them. Um, so things are always kind of um, changing and we, we got some doves. So we're, we're creating a dove enclosure. Um, and, uh, you know, there's always little projects going on. Um, we might and build a guest house. So you have, plenty of, house. you have plenty of things. Yeah, that that's you, the nice okay, thing about it. getting five acres is you've got projects. Yeah, right. you know, we can kind of like come up with something. And and we have um, clients who have amazing projects that um, keep our, keep you know, yes. juices flowing. Exactly. Yeah. Creative juices are, are definitely flowing. Where do you get your roses from? Um, uh, we have a couple of different rose farms uh, near us uh, that we love. There's a place called Rose Story Farm um, in Carpinteria that um, my friend uh, Danny um, owns uh, with her husband. Uh, that's really stunning and so charming. Um, uh, there's also a place called Otto and Sons that um, uh, carries a lot of um, uh, Eden roses. And I just discovered um, a place called Grace Rose Farm in Santa Inez um, that is amazing. Caroline's going to all these places. Yeah, she's actually yeah. she's she's actually a map right now. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. All right, another practical question. Do you own a television and where is it? <laughs> There's, It's not in the book. Um, it is in the book. I didn't see is it. Is it behind it's those panels? Yes, yeah. it is behind okay. the panels. Okay. Yes. yes, although we only have one TV. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, there's one in the guest house. But yes, and, you know, we don't watch all that much TV. But um, <laughs> because of the open floor plan um, at Patina Farm, we didn't want that to be front and center. So we did put it behind those panels. And then and now we've kind of mixed things up. Those panels are now behind my uh, my daughter's um, bed as kind of a headboard and then um, we we have this beautiful tapestry um, 1700 from the 1700s that's now in the main space and our TV is behind that so we just sort of redesigned the whole living room it's always so when you ask what's next <laughs> there's nothing nothing is sacred at Patina you're Farm. never bored no yeah, we're okay. trying something different ah, so if you shot the book again it would look different. different yes yeah the gardens look different I mean they're much more grown in than they were in the, in that book um, even the Patina Living book, you can see more development in the gardens. But we're always kind of trying new things, and it's fun. It's fun to always try some different, some different stuff along the way. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your tub <laughs> in the glass enclosure thing. Yes. Yes. I mean, do you take? I, I would just never want to get out of it. Yeah. Describe it. Story. Yes, describe it for people who haven't seen it. Yes. Um, so uh, the idea behind our um, our bedroom, and it, and it is kind of the whole house, is this connection to indoors and outdoors, you know, that connection between the two. And our our bathroom is almost all glass. Um, and for those of you who think we're um, kind of exhibitionists, <laughs> there is, uh, we do live in a private area and there is this um, the huge hedge around the um, bathroom. Um, so it's this lush greenery that um, is 
three walls of the of the bathroom and um so the tub is kind of center in the middle of that and then beyond that is this glass and um the two uh uh shower heads um are on the glass wall yeah exposed really and there's a glass ceiling above the shower head so you're really like you're outside when you're taking a shower how do you keep that clean (laughs) you know it's funny it doesn't really get all that dirty i'm not sure why i mean you know we we uh, clean it once a week, you know, where where the water splashes, but it's it's not a, any big deal. It's not like we're out where they're squeegeeing every morning. <laughs> right. There's no squeegee. <laughs> no squeegee. Well, I know. I was I, thinking like the roof. You know. Oh yeah. no. I mean, it, um, you know, you get a little bit of rain, and that yeah. cleans it off. And then you know, Tom. a couple of times a year, you have somebody come and you know uh, clean it. But the idea of sort of taking it, you know, it, it was like everything starts with an intention. Like, wouldn't it be great to shower in a garden? Mm-hmm. Well, that intention is cool, except for do you really want to go outside? There's bugs. There's this. There's that. So Actually, how do we mm-hmm. how do yeah. we make that? How do we get that intention and make it work? And so the I you know I had seen the uh, I, I think they were just building or I had seen recently the Apple Store in New York City mm. that were glass walls and a glass roof and nothing else. I don't even know how they hold it together. So I just got you know we got three sheets of glass and we glued them all together. And it's been fine. I don't think I can get <laughs> so it far. done anywhere but Ohio. But it's been it's <laughs> or, been really cool. Or, or uh, with another client. Or with another client. Right. Yeah. But um, there's things like that where where you really want that intention, and you're trying to figure out the coolest way to get it. You know, originally it was going to be all metal and a greenhouse, but the sheets of glass actually made it feel like it was even more a part of the garden. It is gorgeous. It is. Thank I mean, you. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's one of million beautiful moments. Yes, yeah, that, that was another yeah. thing I actually wrote down. I feel like y'all have perfected the art of the vignette or the focal point. There's so many beautiful, perfect. Like how do how do we create a focal point in our room? Why do we need them? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like the focal I mean, points. I, you're, it's always like a focal point. Your eye is always going to go to a room and rest somewhere when you walk in. So there's always something that you know, you'll naturally sort of go to. And and it's part of its architecture and part of its interiors. That's why it's nice to do, to be in control of both, right. to really create this sense of a new, of a, you know, a place where you can stop and go, oh, that's that's great. And then you sort of pan the rest of the room. Oh, that's great. You know, so that's, that's how to think about doing these rooms. And our dear Sus- uh, friend, Suzanne Kassler, said something um, a, a while ago um, that, really resonated with me as a wife of an architect that um, our job as a designer really is uh, to um, to kind of enhance the architecture. The architecture is the most important. There can only be, uh, you know, you don't want to overtake the, if you get the architecture right, the interiors, you know, are easy. You're not trying to mask some mistake. Um, right. But so it's really, it's really the architecture's king. Um, I also think that um, that what we try to do is we try to create these moments. You know, we're all about the the, the intention of the moment. So I think that's why we do do these, you know, vignettes. Um, we, 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 as human beings, we don't really experience broad expanses much. We kind of, we, we do, we focus on, on smaller things and you don't want to create a hundred of those in a room. Mm. You know, you, you do want to pick, you know, select selectively just a few things that are the, the Kings of the room or the Queens of the room. And then just everything, not everything has to be a thing. There has to be restful places too, between the, these moments, you know? 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you look through your book, it just seems like your house is probably per, like a photographer's dream because they can come in and like focus on one of those um, vignettes that you're talking about. And I just felt like looking through the book, every page you flip, you flip through it and you're like, wow, this is just the perfect oh, dresser yeah, with well, art and a light and a, you know. It's- yeah. So, I mean, we really think about career, uh, ha- having places for like special things to be. A lot mm-hmm. of time, Brooke will design with Swedish antiques. So a lot of those vignettes start with a big Swedish antique and then you open up the doors and you compose the books inside or you or you put a little mm-hmm. chair next to it and you put a little lamp. When we redid the living room, we swapped out a bunch of stuff. And it was like this delicate balance till you sort of get that vignette back working again. Right. You know, and that's that's sort of the key to it all. And and it is, it's a, um, you I think it's hard for people to edit. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you start filling and filling and filling, but it's just as important to know when to stop. Right, right. How do is you that know? Just, yeah, is that just a gut? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it trial and error? Are you, are you like you said, you just kind of rearranged the living room and brought some things in and pulled some things out. Did you know, all right, this is all going to work, or did you pull it in and move it around and try it and like You do. You, you do pull pull around and see what feels feels better and and do certain things feel more cluttered and, and um you know, I, I like there to be some air between things. You can you can sense it when there's a, a little bit too much. Like maybe the mantle has a bunch of things on it, but maybe the d- dining table in front of it has just, you know, a big um, trough of moss on it, you know, um, and a couple of uh, little uh, votive lights. So it balances it. Or a, fer- a cement pharaoh of pigs. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. The new things that we just got. Right, yes. But it is. It's a, it's a little bit of trial and error, but it's a bit of a feeling. And it, it also also comes to uh, doing a palette, mm-hmm. having a palette that works. The other thing that happens is when you design the way we design with um, antiques, you can end up moving things all around the house because everything in the house kind of goes with everything else in the house. So we're, mm-hmm. I mean, we're all the time selling stuff because a lot of the stuff in the house is online on our website. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll often we'll say, Brooke will come back and say, well, that just sold. And I'm like, oh, no, I really like that piece. But, you know, you'll have to know that you can bring in another piece. So you're not creating a static vignette. You're, you're right. sort of saying, okay, next time we're going to put a different kind of table here. And we've often put something in and go, that's a little too big. It's not quite right. It would have to rearrange all the art above it or something. So yeah, you have to give yourself some room to have things maneuver a bit. But that's part of the fun, you know? Yeah. Keeps you from doing a new house every five years. Right. Well, if your house is burning down, uh, aside from the things that are living, what would you grab? Well, we actually went through that oh. story. Yes. yes, that was the it's the it's the reason why we wrote um, Patina Living was actually the realization. I mean, you know, the, there really isn't any object. Um, you know, even um, photographs are now on your computer. I guess you grab your computer and you've at least you've got all of those. Um, They're those, in the cloud. Exactly. Everything, <laughs> right. everything like that is in the cloud. So there really isn't anything that I need um, in the house um, other than my animals. And, you know, as long as the animals and children are safe. Um, we're all good. Uh, well, he's uh, he's, okay. he's with he's, you. He's, 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 he's escaped. He's, okay. he's behind the wheel. Right, exactly. So, uh, so that's what we realized when we actually had to do that. When the house, uh, when the when, fire is coming over the, the mountain, and they're telling oh, you to evacuate, yeah. and you've got to leave, and you've seen the fire burn all the way across, you and you know you might not be coming back. 
what do you put in the car? Right. Yeah. You take the dog food, you take the hay, <laughs> and you, you take all the animals. Yeah. Do wow. you ever disagree? Yeah. Stylistically. Oh. I thought you oh, meant just with, in general. I thought you meant with what they took. I was like, no, <laughs> they obviously oh, took like, the no animals. Leave Sorry, the I'm changing. <laughs> um, I'm changing gears. <laughs> yeah, yes. we do. We do sometimes. Um, it's interesting. When we first did the first book, we, because we had this problem all the time, because originally we lived in a bit of a chick house. It was a little bit too much for me, you know, a little too white and fluffy. <laughs> when he says chick, not chicken, like a girl. Like a girl. Yeah. 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 girl. I think it was too, it was too feminine for him. And actually, you know, he'll tell the story, but. But we, en- we ended up sort of like, it's a good example of how to uh, work with two people that don't necessarily agree. We went to swap meets and, and bought stuff and we, we each bought what we wanted. And then we put all the things we loved on a table together, you know, everything. And it ended up kind of being there was some leather and some old books and stuff I liked and some gilding and stuff that she liked. And somehow when it all came together, it actually looked better than either of the things separately. Mm. And then we were able to to sort of do those things in different proportions for different rooms to give them a completely different feel. But they could still exist together. But my office has a lot more of the rustic and metal and industrial stuff, and her is all gilded and a little bit more velvet, you know, velvet, <laughs> velvet linen. linen. Um, but that's but, brilliant, though. I hadn't thought about it like that. Like you know, just taking the proportions of materials and doing them differently in rooms. Um, yeah, it completely to make tra- it all work it com- together. Completely but. transforms it. And so a lot of times, we'll uh, if we disagree, we just can sort of disagree at the edges of things, and we'll try. Well, put one of these things in here. Put, try this, or a little more leather, or and you know, it, it rooms will completely change year after year. So it's fun. From and that sometimes standpoint. he's able to to. Uh, convince me, you know, to pull me to his side if he explains the intention uh, behind what he, what the, you know, argument's about or whether, why he wants to make that design change or whatever. And, and I'll, I'll understand where the intention is. And, um, and usually I'm right there saying, yeah, you're right. Or even having a story. So we did a guest, the guest house at Patino Farm. Like, well, what are we going to do at the guest house? And I said, I wanted to make it feel like an old artist studio. So we collected all kinds of old paintings and we had all sorts of old stuff and a bunch of the extra furniture that didn't go anywhere else. And we just kind of put it all together, but with this intention behind it of an art studio. A story. And a story, uh, an actual narrative to hold it together. It made making all the decisions easier mm-hmm. because yeah. it's not the, the narrative, the story that you give it helps you design it and helps you uh, make all the little decisions that adds up to something. Otherwise, right. you're just kind of putting stuff together. Right. It gives you direction. Yeah, yeah. It, gives, yeah. it gives you direction, but it also allows you to kind of pull stuff together that might be a little bit different than, you know, it's not like you're not trying to create that look from that magazine or that look from that catalog. You can kind of pull pull things together across a bunch of different styles and looks to, to make something kind of unique. Mm-hmm. For okay, it. I have a question for you. Yes. That's why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to preface it. I can just start with the question. Um, No, okay. We had a panel last week. We were in Charlotte, and there was this girl in the audience who um, was asking our designers, and I wanted to ask you, since you're a husband and wife duo, I thought you might have an an interesting um, perspective on it, but she was saying that her husband likes all things brown. He wants brown wood walls, brown floors, brown brown leather. Leather, yes. And she he does not necessarily love her opinion and she does not necessarily love his opinion. You obviously together have amazing taste. So you don't 
you know, despite maybe having different thoughts on where to go, it's both beautiful, you know, the both options mm-hmm. are beautiful. What suggestions do you give to someone who maybe is having trouble bringing their significant other on board? Yes, on board with their vision. Uh, I think you'd have to get him, expand the horizons a bit. There's mm-hmm. gotta be something else that he can go see because a lot of times people don't have the visual uh, library of things to be thinking about. That, you know, adding a black to it, adding some gilding to it, having some cool brass to it Mm -hmm. could just open it up to Mm -hmm. have so much more. But a lot of times people are um, civilians, you know, (laughs) just aren't as visual as we are. They haven't been exposed to it. They haven't been exposed to it. They just don't know what they're looking at. So, you know, we like you know, you can look at design books and you can look at stuff like that. But a lot of times looking at like old things like old English libraries and, mm. you know, where do you f- get get them kind of charged up by something more interesting or get them to look at stuff where it has a bit of a story to it, like show him some some uh, writer's uh, library that he likes. Find something else that he can uh, attach mm-hmm. to besides mm-hmm. Brown. Okay. Or start start with the brown, you know, but find these beautiful, like like you're saying, start with a beautiful brown library, you know, a, a, a stained wood library and look at the other pieces that they put in there, whether it's um, a mohair sofa or, you know, a great threadbare rug and, and the textures that that brings to this. And then maybe look at the rest of the home that's connected to that and how it could still, you know, maybe there's still a couple of brown wood pieces in those spaces, but how they also use, you know, some painted pieces and, mm-hmm. you know, and how that can kind of flow through a house, how you can... Um, meld the two, you know, and how that can go through a home. Right. Um, but maybe, maybe just, I, I, I think there's a place where not to get frustrated, like, oh, he only likes brown, mm-hmm. but to, <laughs> but to really hear where he's coming from, to respect the place he's coming from, and to really listen, um, mm-hmm. is is a good place. We had a client who uh, didn't. What was the the guy? He came to the house. Oh, <laughs> was a guy. What was the story? Our, our, our client came to the house. Um, so the the wife prefaced it by saying he doesn't like light wood at all. He doesn't like light. He does. He likes things warm. He likes everything's got to be warm and 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 all of that. And I said, okay, I think the best thing is for him to come to our house because she loved the book. She loved the house. She wanted us to do her whole house. So we brought them to the house. He walks into the door. He said, okay, I'm sold. I understand. Ah. Yeah, had so, to see it. Uh, we'll do this. We'll do mm-hmm. this. Uh-huh. So so a part of it is just to inform and to let people, and maybe this guy who likes brown, maybe they really need to go to some beautiful homes. Right. You know? They never well, Yeah, but good luck dragging them. You know what I mean? Like, um, if a guy's not interested, like, oh, honey, we're going to go to some show houses this weekend. Uh, uh, maybe you trick them a little bit. Maybe wine. Uh, There'll be wine. Whiskey tour. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. We'll just with, load up the car with, with different whiskey. kinds of whiskey. Right. 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 You're a roadie. Right. For every room you look at, you get a sip. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a bar hop slash house yes. hop. Well, right. you're right. You have to motivate. Exactly. <laughs> 
whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting deleted. I have a feeling this is going to be yeah. 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 No. No. good practical no. advice. That is practical advice. Yeah. Well, she was really, uh, y'all can attest to this. She was so cute and she seemed very frustrated. She does. Yeah, she was upset. No, I imagine. I imagine it. You know, I mean, we've had our experiences with uh, clients who were thinking, oh, gosh. And then, but you just really have to understand where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Right. I think you're right. I mean, I think we have, we can't just disregard anything our husband wants. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. Like, no, you don't. Know, it's going to end. It's okay. You it's really gonna, have to listen. Yeah, it's, it's going to end. Well. It's, it's going to end badly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you do that. Right. Compromise. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, yeah. I feel like we should do some decorating dilemmas. Oh, are they all about marital bliss? All right, this is from Mary Beth, and she writes, I'm a new listener, and I started at the beginning, so this question relates to the episode 11 with Susan Kassler. I recently renovated a small ranch and created an open-concept family room, dining room, and kitchen. I saw that Suzanne united all the rooms in her show house with a continuous seagrass rug and layered small rugs over it. Would a larger neutral rug that would continue under the curtsenda and in the dining room table to be a good idea in the space. I am considering layering your 5x7 Celine cheetah print area rug under my coffee table. What do you think? I'd also love suggestions for decorating the credenza. What I've got there now seems not quite right. Maybe everything is too big. And anything else you could see that would change or improve on. So, so she's talking about the credenza under her television? She must be. I think it's the one no, I think behind it's, her sofa. Behind the sofa. Okay, yes. got it. So it is an open floor plan. There's a kitchen, open kitchen that goes into a dining room that goes into the family sitting area where there's a television. Looks like maybe two sofas or chair, two club chairs and sofa facing each other. Um, yeah, so it's one large space. What do you think about the rugs, guys? I like the big uh, seagrass rug that kind of connects it all. You couldn't do just one little five by seven under that table. You'd want to do a few, mm. probably something a little bigger. It looks a little funny now because it looks like the rug is too small for the space. Right. But the overall feeling of that space with that floor is very, is very dark. But what this room doesn't have is the big focal point. And maybe that piece where the television is with all the stuff around it, maybe somehow there's a color that gets, that ties, brings that all together. It almost treats it like a big antique or something, but it feels but are like you're saying it's, paint that that thing that's maybe paint the that thing or paint paint a little bit of the wall around it or there just feels like there needs to be one bigger thing in that space, mm-hmm. right on the left side there that uh, TV thing. Right, there's a lot of small small things everywhere. You got it. So but, she needs to like maybe edit a little bit and do some. Some bigger moves. Got it. To tie it all together. Uh-huh. It's kind of like I was talking to you about the, the creating those vignettes, you know, um, as opposed to there's all of this stuff is sort of evenly spaced throughout the whole space. They, she could use some places of um, of rest, like mm. even underneath her TV, perhaps there are certain a couple of collections. And we always feel like things are better. And I'm sure you guys have noticed this as well, is you're better off with a collection of, of same items mm-hmm. um, as opposed to having, say, a mirror and then... Um, one box and then mm. you know it's better to have maybe a, a collection of boxes and um, something to bring it bring it all together and then to have some restful space mm. uh, is is always nice um, I was also thinking it would be nice um, for the the um, piece behind her sofa to maybe do something maybe 
long underneath the uh, long along there like a trough with some um, like green moss in it to have a little bit of natural color in this space which does seem like it's all kind of brown and neutral um, but to have some pops I noticed she has like one little plant but maybe do a um, you know maybe add the green as her um, as her natural color in there in a trough and maybe um, a couple of uh, lamps on that um, yeah, a back of lamps on that table because that yeah. room's all lit with down lights right and room, if she gets those big rugs she can run those cords right under exactly. the you can run the cords but you if can you cut a little slit if you did rug. a couple exactly. of, of tall lamps on that table behind with nice white shades that would sort of separate that room from the dining room beyond mm. and what might look cool is to kind of paint the kitchen cabinets along that back wall of color because it just wouldn't be, you'd end up have a focal point at the end of the room right. as opposed to it just all being this sort of, you know, endless white Right, and wall. it does look like when you walk in, the kitchen's right in front of you. So mm -hmm. you're walking through the sort of living room, dining room, and then ending in the kitchen. So if that mm -hmm. color was at the end or something down there, mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. down there, or, or then something to kind of create, uh, use furniture to create zones. So the living room kind of separated by the, the lighting, something at that medium scale, a couple of floor lamps, Right, and I think I I would create that um, that seating, you know, that doing that big rug underneath those two areas. Maybe take away the the rug that's underneath those um, stools. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, just at the having, kitchen bar. Yeah, mm -hmm. having that one rug between the two, and then creating a, another smaller space by um, putting that rug underneath the um, living room area. It seems like nice. maybe that runner should go in between the island and like the like the oven wall you know what i mean right yeah. so yeah. instead of do that. under the stool absolutely so it's because right. it's a fun in the kitchen it is yes. right, right. It is yeah that's the problem it's all like one big space and it needs to get defined a little better mm -hmm. so you need to think sort of big a little like define the architectural spaces light it properly put, put it all together like that and it'll start to come together and then start with big elements and then kind of layer in small elements. Sometimes when you buy a bunch of little stuff and you start putting it on the shelf, you don't have a chance to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I know in our photo shoot, sometimes Suzanne will take like two big nine by 12 rugs and just butt them up to each other. Mm -hmm. Do you think that would be okay for her to do to like fill this whole dining room, living room I space? I think mm -hmm. that would be fine. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And plus in like under that credenza and the sofa there's mm -hmm. kind of a natural place where you could put the seam of the you two. Could, yeah. yeah. Right. Where it wouldn't, you wouldn't be treading Right. over it mm -hmm. all right. that much. Right. Would you all like to tell everyone where they can find you, buy your books, all that good stuff? Sure, sure. Um, if you want signed copies of our books, um, you can um, go onto our website, giannettihome.com, um, where you can also see our Giannetti furniture designs, um, the clothing that uh, we designed with our son, Charlie, um, as well as you can see um, and our Swedish antiques that we import and some of our projects on there as well. Um, uh, you can also buy all three books on Amazon. Um, and then if you want to follow our life filled with um, animals and design. Um, I am Velvet and Linen on Instagram. Uh, Steve is Steve Giannetti. He's so creative. Uh, Steve Giannetti on Instagram. And we also have Giannetti Home on Instagram as well. And we're on Pinterest. You can find us on, uh, just Google yeah. us. We're painfully, we're painfully Googleable. Yeah, You're so busy. On, lots of boards on Pinterest. So there's a lot of good places to go for inspiration because all of the inspiration images for patina farm started off on pinterest and still live there 
Yeah, you talked about how that was a great organizational tool for you. Mm -hmm. And then you were able to weed things out as you decided that's not going to work anymore. And we also also wrote about the whole journey of um, getting to Patina Farm on uh, my blog, Velvet and Linen, which is velvetandlinen.com. You can um, look at that as well. So you can see everything from sketches to the construction process, the whole year process as a series of posts and go through the whole uh, building of it, which is fun for somebody who's thinking about doing a house and mm-hmm. what does yeah. it look like? How do you, right. how you do it? Yeah. Taryn is wanting to yeah build a, her own house. So nice. Yeah. So I'll have, she, I'll have to fun. really dive in. Yeah. yeah. I know. I have so many more questions. <laughs> yeah. The Patina <laughs> Farm books talks about how to, how to think about it, how to think about, uh, what your day looks like. A lot of times people say, well, what's my living room look like? Well, it's not really what your living room look like. What do, what do you do in the evening? What's mm-hmm. your morning look like? Where do you spend time with your family? Mm-hmm. You want to design the experiences more than you design the rooms. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. think about, you know, the house has to have this room and that room and just really think about the way you want to live. And so that's the, the farm book is built all around the experiences you have mm-hmm. and, uh, and where they occur. And it's a better way to think about a house. Because people are a little bit, at least in California, they're a little bit less locked down to having a living room and a dining room. Uh-huh. And that most of that stuff just takes you down the wrong path, takes you into rooms you'll never use. Yeah, maybe, you don't really want to do that. Maybe the dining room is also a library or, you know, something like that. that so it gets used more than, you know, just at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. I feel yeah. like that's a great place to end. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank thanks. you for thanks having us. This was so much fun. Thank it was you. Fun. Oh my gosh. You. Yeah. I'm so glad we caught you while you were here. Yeah. <laughs> Pleasure meeting you all. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. And of course, send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. We'll answer them on a future episode. Of course, um, you can follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And Enable your skill. Your Alexa your skill. Your Alexa skill. <laughs> Karen's got Every time she can't get this right. If you have an Alexa, enable the how to decorate skill, and then you can listen to us on your Alexa. There you go. I don't have an Alexa, so I'm, I it's not that don't hard. know People all the who ways. People have one know how to do it. Okay. okay. <laughs> and until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.